wish to live behind the wall hall. Tip is burnt off, shut up the whole shop. Family Room Podcast, episode 30, we about the 20s, man. Yeah, man. I'm Mike Rome. Stephon Rome. We back in the family room for another conversation. Same family, different room, even though we've been in this room for a while now, due to uh, circumstances. Uh, it's all good. Yeah, man, I'm so happy we finally made the 30 episodes. I know, man. I was thinking about it uh, what, yesterday. I got a little disappointed, because I was like, I mean... It's 52 weeks in a year, and we only made it to 30. Yeah. So that means we missed quite a few. Thanks. You know what I mean? But, hey, we made it to 30, man. And, and we didn't start it. right at the top of the year. We didn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and the reasons why we missed, most of the time we missed for a really good reason. Mm-hmm. So, that's good. What you been up to, though, man? Uh, living life, man. It's been a... Um... You know, you remember I was telling my wife. Let me, let me turn this down. Um, you remember what mom used to say to us all the time? We would ask her something or we would ask her to explain something and she would just say, keep living, live long enough, live long enough and you'll learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple deaths in the family, one on our side, one on uh wifey's side. And, um, that's just been going through my head a lot. I haven't like back, I haven't lost anybody that close to me, um, ever. And then losing Granny, and then I was really close to my wife's grandmother, mm-hmm. and then losing her. I just like those words that Mom would always say, just been ringing in my head, like "Live long enough, and you'll learn." Mm-hmm. So pretty much like you could get through it. You know what I mean? Like everybody experiences this kind of stuff. You live long enough, and you'll learn something about it. You'll learn something about death. You'll learn something about coming over, coming through that. You know what I mean? And it's very, very different. This is kind of dark. I don't know if we start here, but it's very, very different, like, when it's your significant other's family. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. although I was sad, I was more, like, a supportive person in the, you know what I mean, in the whole situation. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have all of that time there. So it was very it was very different, even though your emotions are attached. Like, I was in a very different place. It's not like it was easier to go through or anything like that, but... um. It's weird the strength you can muster up when you gotta when you gotta be there for somebody else. Like I'll put it that way. Um, yeah, it, it um to to be there for my wife and her father and their whole family and stuff like that. It takes a different strength of when you're going through it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you got the support of like for us, it was like our cousins, uh, our wives, and all that stuff. Um, it's different when you're the person being there supporting somebody going through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it was very very it was very very different very very different but been going through that um in the middle of basketball season currently looking for a new job grinding on that um super interesting I was talking to my wife's father and just talking to him about like looking for jobs and he's a he's a um counselor at a college mm-hmm. right and he teaches um and he teaches a a course pretty much like pretty much helping people like get ahead training like skill training you know what i mean for interviews and stuff like that and um he tells everybody that what's a typical job typical full-time job is eight hours a day 40 hours a week right he's like if you don't have a job and you're not applying or looking for a job eight hours a day 40 hours a week then you are not trying to get a job 
I was like, hmm, that makes sense. I mean, I've been grinding on it. I don't know if it's been eight hours, but I've been going hard. You know what I mean or whatever, but... Um, I feel them. I don't... Uh, I mean, hey, that's what a job is. Eight hours a day, so I hear him. I, I, I don't think that you're going to put in a whole eight hours. I think he's talking about the course of driving to places, putting in applications, following up with those applications. You know what I'm saying? All mm-hmm. of that. Not like you're just going to be cranking out for eight hours, cranking out uh, resumes and, and sending them off and all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, he was like, that's the kind of like, that's what it takes. He was like, it's di- he was like, your situation is different. Like, you got a job, you're looking for another job. You know what I'm saying? And all that other stuff. But it's like, I come across students all the time that are just like, I can't find a job. And you ask them how many applications they put in. It's like five. He's like, how long have you been looking for a job? He's like, a month. He's like, you put in five applications in a month? Like, you're not trying to get a job. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He was like... That reminds me of uh, <clears throat> when, I was, uh, when I was living in L.A., going to Cerritos College studying, studying uh, music. The One of the, like, the, I forget the name of the course, but it was like a producer course. Like, the, like one of the intro courses to being a music producer. He was saying... Everybody that wants a job, we don't have to talk about all of that. He was like, everybody that wants a job should be carrying around their resume everywhere they go. That was like one of the first questions he asked in the class. He was like, who all has their resume on the, on their person right now? And literally only one person raised their hand. And he was like, I like your style. He's like, and tell me exactly why you have your resume on you right now. And the dude was like, honestly, I got a job interview after I leave class today. And everybody just started laughing. Because the dude, he, he thought he was like caught somebody. I was like, you know what I mean? But yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah. he was like, but no, he was like, but no, that's a. He's like, you need to keep that on you everywhere you go. He was like, he was like, what? He's like, you don't know. He's like, you don't know where I work or who I know. I could be ready to give you a job right now. You ain't got your resume. Technically, everybody has a resume on them. If you got a phone, that's true. Like this was in, your resume this was not in, in your email. This was in 09, though. When okay, okay, no, okay, yeah, no, that's different. That's different. Mm-hmm. That's different. Yeah. I would still say even then, like people were still emailing, so you probably had it. You might have had to dig for it, but like, mm-hmm. no, no, that's that's super important information. Um, and I think like the bigger thing is just like staying ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I try to, I try it's to do like that. I think it's because like, I think it's just because of how I'm built. Like. I'm a coach, so by nature, we're we're people that are always trying to think things through, trying to figure out every possible outcome, you know what I mean? But even, like, when I leave the house, I, like, got, like, a little mental checklist and, you know what I'm saying, and all that stuff. Like, I try to be prepared, like, for whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I, when I went to my interview a couple weeks ago um, with AAA, they, they told me that they were going to have a copy of my resume there. I brought three extra anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like... It just, I always keep a pen on me. Just little stuff, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just to try interview, to be Whenever I go to an interview, I try to make sure, I don't try to. I make sure I got three, I have three resumes on me. Because I always assume, like, at most, if you're interviewing in front of a panel, at most, it's going to be three people. It might be four, but I mean, yeah. usually it's going to be three people. You yeah. know what I mean? So I try to have at least three on me. Yeah. I was like, oh, what about one for yourself? Like, I know, every, I know everything that's on there. I can answer any question about what's on that paper. Like, yeah. I don't need one. Yeah, I feel that. See, I like I like to have a resume in front of me though. They asked me one question. They said, "What are you most um, proud of on your resume?" They asked me that question in the last interview I was at, and that was a question I've never got before. It was like, "What are you most proud of?" And I was like, "Hmm, that's a good question." So then I really had to look at my resume, and I'm glad that I had it copied for myself in that case. But or else I would have just had to try to BS it. But I really gave it some thought. But I'm saying everything on your resume is truthful, though, right? Yeah. So it's just that's really just what are you most proud of in your professional career? It's really just that what that question is. Yeah. But 
I guess it wasn't a question I was like I assuming I was gonna get and being able to look down at like mm-hmm. the timeline of my work. Mm-hmm. I could be like, oh, okay, boom. I could go back. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I definitely don't want to pick something recent. So they're gonna be like, well, damn, you've been working all this time, and mm-hmm. you're both proud of the last thing you did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to look at it and I was like, you know what? When I, when I when I ran a site at the YMCA, I was really proud of the work we did for those kids. You know what I'm saying? Like doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But nah, like. The the work grind is tough, bro. The work grind is tough. It's low key discouraging. Like that interview was with AAA, and that's a pretty big company to get into. I made it all the way to to the last rounds, get to the person that's actually doing the hiring, mm-hmm. and then to not get the job. It's like ugh, such a letdown, bro. And it like takes your steam out of you. Like even looking for a job for like a week, you know what I mean? Like I came home, took a shot. I was like, oh my God. Bro, like <laughs> That's how I felt when they told me they couldn't hire me at KUSI because of my driving record, bro. Mm. That was devastating. That just made me like, see, you got you to make sure you take care of stuff, man. Because yeah. I would have never thought that that would like keep me from getting a photography job. Bro. Yeah. yeah. That was like, what? Yeah. That was Ugh. devastating. Ugh. Uh, Anyway, it happens. Getting that cleared up right now so that don't happen to me no more. I've been good. I've been good, man. Just been real tired. Uh, last week, last Monday, Puff got his tonsils out. Oh, yeah. I seen that on the ground. And that happened to me in 10th grade. And it was a painful week off from school for me. So it was he was miserable for a week. But I would say, honestly, the worst part of it. No, the worst part of it was seeing him in pain. And it's like in his throat. And he, you know what I mean? And he's like, you know what I mean? He's like, what is going on in there? Yeah. But then the second worst thing. Was him being babied, like, for good reason. But him being babied for a whole week, but then getting used to being babied that much for a whole mm, week. It was like, yeah. oh, my God, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, he's so whiny and so, like, oh. It's like, no, bro. Like, nah. It's over for like, that. Come on, You good now. <laughs> How is he, though? He good now, though? Yeah, he's fine. Good. Yeah. Is that, that's a quick procedure, though, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, uh, Did he need him to get him out or y'all just, like, he needed yeah, to get him out. He's okay. needed to get him out. Since he's been born, he just had to wait until he was old enough and big enough. Oh, okay. I got you, got you, yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, that's, oh. That's, that's, all, that's all I've been up to, man. Speaking uh, about kids, bro, wifey dropped a question on your boy. She was like, so when are you going to be like, you think in a year you'll be ready to have a kid? Wow. I was like, yo, come on, bro. I was, I was like, man, Yeah. <laughs> Like, so. it's not that I don't want kids, but it's just, like, I thought I'd have more time, like, just being married with my wife. You know what I'm saying? Before we started really talking about that. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, been a little bit over a year. You know what I mean? It's, like, uh, I mean, it's been more than a little bit. You know what I mean? But, um... But she probably looking at it like, I mean, we've been living together all this time. Like, her number, her, her number's 30. So... She's pulling up on 30, and she was like, I'm having a baby before I'm 30. Because I guess for women, there's like some kind of, it's, it's, it's tougher. The older you get, the tougher it is. Yeah, so yeah. she was like, before 30 for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say her age and all that, on you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. over these mics. But she's pulling up on that, so she's got the wheels spinning. Mm-hmm. Lit the fire up under your boy. So... I'm on it. Well, <laughs> I'm on the clock. <laughs> speaking of kids, and I've known for a while that I had another one on the way. Yeah, keeping that under wraps, but just found out last night that I'm having another boy. 
Don't have two little crumb snatchers. That's what's around. up, man. Yeah, when you called me, bruh, that was the only good news I had all yesterday, bro. <laughs> you called me right after my game. I yeah, was you walk- told me how rough that yeah. game was. I was walking out, bro. We got, I can't even say manhandle because we playing women's basketball, bro. Like, we just got, we got punk, bro. Mm-hmm. I I told you what I said to my team. I kept it short. I said, yo, just be ready to practice tomorrow. It's going to be uncomfortable for everybody. I'm not going to like me. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you called me. That cheered me up. I was walking outside and cold-ass East Lake to my car. So right after I got off the phone with you, I got tight again because I was cold and dress clothes. So I was freezing. And then I had a, a damn near hour ride home, so I was just tight. But that was the only good news I got. Mm-hmm. Look, man. Run- Look, man. It's hella people. It's hella it's people waiting on, on Instagram waiting for me to answer to. Cause you see what I put in my story last night? Uh uh-uh. uh. I put a poll like, and I already knew the result, but I was like, oh, I'm sleep with it. I just want to see what people gonna do. I put a, uh, I did a, a question in my in my story. Said uh, we about to find out which I want, which I, uh, which I want us to have. You see the votes? He has some thirty people so far, and only seven of them said a boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, because most people know that y'all want yeah, yeah, a girl, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. Most people know we already have a boy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's gonna be tough to get a girl out of these room men. Yeah, man. The way it go in our family, look, man, our granny had all girls and what, five is it six of them? It's five of them. Mom and her sister's seven. Oh, seven. Oh, I'm bugging, yeah, I'm bugging. Um seven of them, all girls, and almost all of them girls had almost all boys. We got like Almost thirty cousins on my mom's side, and it's only at this point it's only three girls. Yeah, like three or four girls. Yeah, so three girls. So I don't know how many more y'all gonna try dad, for to get a girl, dad, but dad had <laughs> it might boys. not turn out that way. Clarence had a girl, but on his second go. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, I think something happened. Happened. The whole screen cut off. Oh, there we go. Hit the button. Hit the record button. There we go. But yeah, man. So that was exciting, and and I was telling Jesse because I, you know, I called you, I called Isaac, called Jesse, you just called EA, was just calling everybody, letting them know, keeping yeah. everybody up to speed. And uh, I actually talked to Jesse this morning because he didn't pick up the phone last mm-hmm. night. I talked to Jesse this morning. He, he he'll be here pretty soon, actually. Okay. Um, yeah, he was like, "Was you disappointed?" And I wasn't. I thought I would be, and bro, sitting in there, be, and like when you when you do the ultrasound, when you find out the sex, find out the sex is the last thing that happens. <laughs> and it takes like so they measure like the length of the arms like all the bones and like make sure everything is good and the sex is like one of the yeah, last yeah, things yeah. they do they're like and yo bro, that ain't poor let's make sure the bro, baby alright and, and you know me like when I speak like whether like it's like an appreciation service for mom and dad and there's hundreds of people in there I don't get nervous when I gotta speak in front yeah. of people but I remember the feeling I would get as a kid when pop would have me do the I have a dream speech and I would get nervous in my stomach mm-hmm. bro I had that my stomach's like nervous spinning feeling the whole, like the whole time up until Keish was like you know it's like the last thing and I was like it is the last thing. And then that kind of cooled me out to kind yeah, of like yeah. chill. I was like, all right, bro, you got a little way to wait. <laughs> yeah, and I told the lady, <laughs> I told the ultrasound tech, I was like, we need, I was like, we need you to tell us we're having a girl. And she was like, I'm going to just tell you what I see. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put this on me. <laughs> no, when it got to that part, she was like, I hate to disappoint you. Then she pointed the arrow right between his legs. <laughs> I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> and I, she was like, you're having a boy. I was like, yeah. Instantly just got proud, dropped a couple tears. I was not disappointed at all. Was not yeah. sad. Was not, I thought I would be. Yeah. I thought I would be disappointed because I really, really wanted a girl, but I wasn't disappointed or sad yeah. at all. Nothing. Just proud. Happy. Everything happened for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For 
for sure. That's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. Got some good news. Mm-hmm. Good news, man. Baron's first day back to school. I thought the drop off would be rough. It wasn't. He was Gucci, ready to go back. Yeah. I wasn't gonna send him to school because he didn't go Monday. I thought maybe Monday he'd be ready, but he was still saying his mouth hurt. Waking up in the middle of the night randomly talking about his throat hurt. He'll say my mouth, but we know it's his throat. Yeah. Uh, he woke up in the middle of the night a couple times last night, but it was just just random three year old waking up. He yeah. didn't wait. He just woke up looking at me, just staring at me. I was like, "Oh, you going to school today, fam? <laughs> you going to school today? Yeah, that ass school. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. big bro." You feel me? Yeah, man. So now we just been we just been thinking about names, man. Cause we have the girl name all ready to go. Yeah, Stefan's a great name, bro. It is a great name. <laughs> it's not gonna be. It's not gonna. That's not gonna be it though. You're not gonna play Hobbit Street Pops. No, we not. No, we not. Unfortunately. No, I guess I gotta do that. Yeah, but yeah. But nah, I'll cool. probably be the one with a girl. Right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Man, I want one though. I want a girl first. Um, I just think it's. I guess it don't really matter. I just think it's. Um, I just think it'd be cool. I coach girls basketball. My girl gonna be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gonna be nice. So I'm gonna have a PG for years. I'll be fine. <laughs> Cause she ain't gonna be. Well, my wife kind of tall. Yeah, wifey kind of tall, so she might be tall. Whatever, she gonna be a guard no matter how tall. Yeah, I was she about is. to say your your, your girl will be a decent height for a basketball player. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's down the line. I'm yeah, still man. running from that. I said, nah, you can't run for too much longer. I know. I got, up. got a year and change. <laughs> uh, before we get into the topics, I wanted to just have some like random stuff I wanted to talk to you about. As I said, some was at the bottom, some was at the top. I didn't really put it in any specific okay, yeah. order. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Since we're talking about kids. How much privacy, because I saw a, a topic about this on Twitter. I'm back on Twitter now. I'm back tweeting. I always like check Twitter from time to time, at least a couple yeah. times a month, and now yeah, I'm, like, I'm yeah, back yeah, tweeting now. Um, like I said, since we're talking about kids, how much privacy does a child get when they still live at home with their parents? I guess I shouldn't say still, because that makes it seem like it's like like a 20-something-year-old kid, just a kid, period, living in their parents' house. How much... I think there's a I think there's a normal amount of privacy that anybody should have. If I'm in my room with the door closed... I shouldn't be subject to nobody barging in. My phone should be my phone. You my parents, you could go check my call out. You could do whatever you want. You could do all of that online. When you say barging in, do you mean like they have to knock and wait for your reply or can they just knock, knock, and open? I mean, it's their house. You can knock, knock, and open. But I I would like some privacy. when I have the door closed for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'll put it like with... Everything is with everything is with reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to give your kids enough privacy so they feel like they have something of their own, but you don't want them to have so much privacy they feel like they could do whatever they want. You know what I'm saying? Like, there should be, like, I feel like we had a good amount of privacy. Our parents wasn't snooping around our rooms when we wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? And doing all of that stuff, like, checking our bags for stuff. Look, like, this is the thing. If you don't have reason... Then you shouldn't be checking. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Cause you're gonna find something that you don't want. All kids do shit. Mm-hmm. All kids do something. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying they're smoking or doing whatever or sex or whatever it is. But they might be having a conversation that you wouldn't be cool with. They leave their phone on the sofa, you going through their phone. You gonna find something that you don't like, right? Give them that privacy. Just leave their phone alone. You know what I'm saying? When they leave the house, don't go snooping through their closet to see what they got. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if they brought some bottles in the house and they in the back of the closet, they obviously got them past you and got them all the way to the room, right? They wasn't that drunk. You know what I'm saying? I'm not... Like, that sounds bad, but I'm like, to me, you could... To me, you can, like, taint your relationship with your kid when you start invading 100%. their privacy. I mean, obviously, this is... I guess it's using a little bit of hindsight, but I think it starts with if you, like, trust the child that you raised. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like you put in that work. And I feel like that's why mom and dad gave us a lot of privacy in the house. Because they felt like, like, look, they in the house. Number one, these little niggas ain't crazy enough to try to get nothing off. Not too, nothing crazy off in here. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I raised them right. I don't, I just don't feel like they're going to be doing anything. Like, I feel like whatever they do outside, whatever they do in, the way they behave in this house is how they behave outside the house. It's what they were assuming. So they were like, I mean. Oh, I don't think they assume that. I think they I, knew we was doing stuff, but they was like, they ain't doing no no wild stuff. Nah, bro. They ain't I, I vandalizing That's not until it. we were grown, I think. Until we were grown. until Maybe up until senior year, at the least. Oh, I don't know. Because we, we was going to parties earlier than that. Yeah, but I don't, th- I don't think they... Because, bro, as soon as you got your car, they was like, full freedom, go. And if, if they didn't have that trust, they, it wouldn't have been like that. I think I think that they they trusted how they raised us. I don't think that they were like how they are in the house is how they are everywhere. You know of, what I'm of saying? Course, like, of course they know. I'm, I'm sure they assume that we probably that we probably cuss. I'm sure they assume that we like. You know what I'm saying? They know. We, of course they know we talk to girls, and if we got a girlfriend, we go be you know caked up, up a little yeah, bit yeah. more. Uh, you know, uh, cupcaking a little bit more outside the house. Not no, but no, like they that. weren't like yo. They about yo. He got a car. He about to go robbing and shit. No, no, no yeah. or, or even like driving drunk or like hiding oh, drugs yeah, in the car. Yeah, like sure. you know what I'm saying? Or like speeding around town. Or you know what I'm saying? For like sure. all teenagers with a car are gonna go over the speed limit from time to time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You're gonna pack too many people in the car that you don't have enough seatbelts for that type of stuff. That's gonna happen. <laughs> like we got what I got pulled over. Not pulled over when I parked at the Taco Bell and the police was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Yo, you got seven people in the car." I was like, "Yeah, man, we all hungry." He was like, "No, no, no, come here." <laughs> like, oh my god, he was like, "That car only seats five. I was yeah. like, "Oh man, thinking about that we was down the block, like, man." <laughs> I was thinking how much trust mom and dad had with us, because like from an early age. Oh, a lot. Because we was walking to school by ourselves early, early. You know what I mean? Like, and like you said, we we could. Not that we was doing anything crazy, but if we wanted to, we could have put anything in the drawers in our room, and they wasn't like just going through our room or like looking through the closet and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I think that comes from the foundation that was built. Right? Yeah. And like even with us like walking to school at an early age, like we was walking two miles to school at an early age. It wasn't like the school was down the street. You know what I'm saying? And it was always a thought on my mind. I ain't gotta go to school. Mm-hmm. I could go anywhere. I could walk anywhere. You know what I mean? But my logic at the time was everybody that I know or that what I would hang out with is at this school. I didn't think So about, I should probably go there. Bro, I didn't think about ditching school until <laughs> I get that I guess that's early. <laughs> it was about that, but we was walking to school so early. So it seemed like by the time you by the time you like, okay, if you've been walking to school since the first grade and you don't even think about ditching until the fifth grade, like that's a long Oh time. yeah, that's a long to time. To be getting yourself to and from school and you don't never think about yeah. ditching for all them years until yeah. fifth grade. Bro. And I only ditched because I missed Jamie Foxx the night before. It was like the new episode that came on <laughs> on a Tuesday and I knew it aired the next morning at like ten thirty. Yeah, like, like, nah, I, I was like, this. I, I gotta yeah. see it, bro. And now that's how you know I was thinking about that's how you know. I was really messing with the show because Jamie Foxx wasn't even a show like that that everybody was talking about at school. Yeah. You know what? We were some good-ass kids because this is crazy. Think about this. 
Remember when I was going on Farrell, you were still going to Valencia Park. Mom and dad would give us a time to be home mm -hmm. after school. Mm -hmm. Knowing they, they wasn't going to be there. Mm -mm. I'm what? Call, I'm finna call, and if you don't answer that phone, I know you're not home. Yeah. Like, what, bro? And, and take that chicken out. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, take that chicken out. Put that chicken in the water to see. <laughs> like, that's what I was like. And, and we would be like, yo, we got to get home. Get home, answer the phone, and then go wherever we just go go. You know what I'm saying? Bro, I remember I got yelled at so bad by mom for not, a few times for not taking the chicken out. Mm. We ain't got money to just be spinning out because you ain't. I told you. Oh, my God. That's the worst. You know, Derek used to get so mad. Like, he know what chores he got to do. He would just get so mad that it was coming from me. He knew he had to do shit. He'd just be so mad it was coming from me, dog. I'm like, yo, D. That's a fact. You got to go clean it up. No, I don't. I ain't going to do it. Yes, you do, bro. Yes, yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> I am right now. Like, Dear Keith was just laughing the other day about how uh, when I was telling her the story about we was in Sunday school that time and Derek, and Derek yelled at you. Mm -hmm. And Dad whipped around the corner and made, like, pointed and made Derek go in the back so you catch that thing. <laughs> oh, man. He got all oh, I could have, I was telling Keith, I could have counted down. I knew Pop was going to whip around that corner. Just how loud Derek got. I was like, oh, it's going to go down. They counted it up. You know what's funny? Uh, so, me and Derek, because um, for those that don't know, I'm a coach. I coach women's basketball. If you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you know. I coach at the high school level. I'm the head varsity coach at Ramona High. Um, our youngest brother, Derek, is my JV coach. And so, me and Derek got into like a little um, – little heated altercation over some coaching stuff, mm. right? And I kind of felt like it was one of those things where he probably got a little bit more heated than he would have because I'm his brother, mm -hmm. right? And, like, all my coaches, it's not like I'm the head coach, I have an assistant, and the JV coach is the low, low coach on totem pole. We all coach together. Mm -hmm. We talk about all of the girls every single day, their progress, where they're going, what we need to do, changes we need to make, all of that. That's how we work, right? Mm -hmm. So this was a situation that it came down to, like, facility uses. We had a game. Varsity had a game. JV didn't, right? Um, We booted them off the court because our game takes precedence, so they missed, like, the last, like, 30, 40 minutes of their practice, right? Because we need the court set up, warm-ups, all of that stuff, right? So. When they get booted, the understanding that we have, me and the boys head coach and the AD has, is whatever varsity team is getting moved from their normal game, from their normal practice time, goes into the old gym. And whatever lower level team is over there, they're done. Like, whatever. Varsity needs a court. You know what I'm saying? Derek wasn't happy with that because his, his team got booted. <laughs> and he's telling me, like, he's like, just so you know, that'll never happen again. And I was like, Derek, yes, it will. And he was like, if it happens, like, you're supposed to have a game. If you had a game, you would have never been in the gym at that time, bro. Like, it only makes sense. It's a professional courtesy, dude. It's not ideal, but it's a professional courtesy. We got six teams at this high school that all need to use the gym. We got a game that's taking up three hours, and everybody else got to get on the court. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, I'm just looking. I was like, bro, I've talked to the AD. He was like, he's going to have to come down here and talk to me personally. I was like, so let me get this straight. And this is why I told Derek. I was like, let me get this straight. Because just so you know, I'm your boss here. And I was like, so let me, this is, what, this is the conversation you want me to have. I have to tell my boss 
that one of my employees won't listen and will only listen to you if you come down here and talk to him face to face, that's not happening, bro. That's not happening. So you're going to have to understand that this is going to happen. It may happen again. You, you're just going to have to deal with it. He's like, I'm not trying to argue. I was like, we're not arguing. <laughs> I'm telling you what it is. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. is that an argument? I was told him, like, I told him, like, he didn't like this. I was like, Derek, this is one of those situations where I'm telling you how it's going to go. You don't have a say. And we're sitting on the bench before my game, and one of my players is in between us. It's like me, one of my players, like three seats, and then Derek. And we're talking like this. And it started getting heated. She just get up and walk off. She's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Like, I had to go up to him. I was like, bro, I'm not trying to argue about you with this. Like, I understand you're upset. Like, any coach would be upset. Like, my job is to look out for the girls' basketball program. You think I'm not doing that? This is something that we can't avoid. Right? So, that's just... It, most of the time, it works us um, mixing business and family. Most of the time, it works, but that was a little tense moment. It wasn't even that big a deal. It was just... I get it, man. You tight. Like, the season they've been going, like, they haven't played a game yet, but his team's not very good as of right now. Mm -hmm. Like, we had to keep the tryout open an extra week for him to get enough girls for the team. Ouch. So, they're already behind the eight ball. He's trying to do a lot, getting a lot in, and then getting booted off the court. And then this was the worst part. Derek come up to me, like, five minutes later, right? He goes, they're already done. They literally went over there for seven minutes, and they're done already. I'm like, so? Like, bro, like, for everybody out there who may coach high school sports. You understand, you're the little sister team, so it don't yeah, even matter. Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to say. For anybody that coaches high school sports, if you're coaching on those lower levels, lower levels, I mean, not varsity, it doesn't matter how good your JV team is, nobody cares except you, your players, and their parents. It's nobody like, else cares. It's like, no matter what's going on, no matter what you're doing, what varsity's doing is more important. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes, their practice is more important. I mean, yes, their practice is more important than your practice that was already going on. It is. It is. That's just what it is. That's like that's like if you you getting ready for the prom. You in the bathroom. You need to use the bathroom to get ready for the prom. Your little brother who's in seventh grade is in the bathroom getting ready for a date. Guess what? You got to come up out that bathroom until I'm done getting ready for the prom. Unless I'm down to share it with you. Yeah. Otherwise, go wait in the living room or get dressed somewhere else because Big Brother needs the bathroom right now. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's Sorry. exactly what it is. What you do is more important. Yep. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. This is my senior prom. You're going on a date. Yeah, it is more important. And that's the reason, like, to be honest, that's the reason, like, why I appreciate Derek in the role that he's in because most JV coaches are trying to hover around a varsity team as much as they can and be around a team that's typically better, got the better players. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's rare that your JV team is better than your varsity team. Like, I remember my freshman year, we was better than the varsity team. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that'll never happen. You know what I mean? But in like, like Derek, he treats it like they, they, like they the national championship. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, like, when we're practicing, he don't even like, there's been days where we've had to share the gym. He's like, nah, we'll wait. We're going to OG. I'm like, we don't even want to be in here with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's why I appreciate him in that. But even with all of that appreciation and all that stuff, like, that part of it's good and bad because that's why it, that was such a tense situation. It was like a five minute long conversation. It wasn't that big a deal, but it just getting into it with little bro, 
business and family. Like, I, I thought it was funny, to be honest, afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got in the car after our game, took it down the hill and never talked about it again. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. But it was like a little... You know how Derek get, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how Derek get. When he, when, he got, when he got his mindset on something, bro, he's like, I don't think you're hearing me. I was like, bro, I'm hearing you. <laughs> it don't, don't matter. you're hearing me. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's why I told him. I was like, you're not hearing me. He's like, Steph, I'm not. I was like, that's fine. <laughs> that's why I had to tell him, like, yo, bro, like, I'm your boss here. You don't tell me what to do. Matter of fact. I can't remember a time when you ever told me what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about right now? But I digress. I guess. Like, it's cool. <laughs> it's always a challenge when you're the leader in the space, mm-hmm. in the room or whatever. And you are uh, you don't run a dictatorship. You're open to all ideas. You lead, but the decisions are made collaboratively. You know what I'm saying? When I was a, when I was a lead teacher at the preschool, I ran into that. One of my co-teachers was a, I can't say co-teacher because we weren't, I was the lead teacher. She was another teacher in the room. Yeah. She had been in that room before me and she was old enough to be my mom. And she knew that. Like, and she would throw <laughs> that out there. Like, I'm old enough to be your mom. And I had to tell her a couple of times, I'm going to say her name, but like, say her name was Sarah. I'd be like, hey, Miss Sarah, what we're going to do is clean up, have snack, and then go outside. I know you had this elaborate project you wanted to do, but that's not what's going on right now. Yeah. It's not gonna be able to work out that way. We going outside. You can, you can. Get and that's a family. fact. You know what I'm saying? And usually, <laughs> and usually, I'm the like. It's like, hey, Mike, I had this thing I wanted to do, and can we do it? It's like, yeah, oh yeah, we can do that. I'm not tripping. We ain't gotta go outside. But this was the day where it's like, are we running late? If we do that, then we're not gonna make it outside, and the kids not gonna go down for a nap because they didn't get to go outside and run around. And I need them to go down for a nap because I got work to do when they go to sleep. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. we don't have time for you to do that project right yeah. now. And I, and to see and and that's the that's the funny part because it's like. When you're in that, when you're in that lead position, it's like how much of the everyday, how much of the plan do I give them? You know what I'm saying? Do I have, one do that I have time to give them, and two, how do I spell out? Do I spell out all of these details, or do I just tell them how this shit is gonna go and the reasons why it's gonna go that way? You know what I mean? Because that's one of the things I told Derek. I was like, maybe, maybe I should explain the whole situation to you, but I've already talked to the AD. Like, I've already talked to the athletic director. Me, him, and the boys coach have sat down, and this is our plan of action. No, but how 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 leadership works, and when there's levels to things, and when obviously when you're dealing with a high school basketball program, there's obvious levels, and they're very clear cut, so there's yeah. no mixing that up. Yeah. But when it comes down to when, when someone that's over you tells you this is how it's going to go, you have no choice but to fall in line. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't like the words that they chose, you even if, you, you, if you're some, because I've told my superiors in the moment, like, whoa. Okay, like we gonna do that, but just chill don't with the tone and the way like you're speaking yeah. to me. Like that's one thing. If he didn't like how you were saying it, he'd be like, Steph, don't talk to me like that. You'd be like, and I know you'd have been like, All right, bro, but get your team off the court. I already know yeah. that's how that would have went. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that would have been the end of that. You know what I'm saying? But when you come back, that's not happening. It's like, nah, bro, that's that's this doesn't work that way. And it's not about to work that way right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just that nah, he was wrong for that. And I'm glad it didn't turn into a whole thing. No, it and that's the thing. it could turn into a whole thing, like you know what I'm saying, like. Mm-hmm. And that's like when I was explaining it to wife, I was like, if it turns into a thing, now I have to do something that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I either gotta go to my boss and be like, "Yo, I'm having an issue with my coach," or I gotta walk up to my brother who is my coach and fire his ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I'm like. Okay, like, I mean, we know how to act in front of people. Like, it was before a game. We were sitting on the bench. There's people in the gym. It's like, it wasn't that crazy a situation, but 
This is like that. That was funny. You want to stick to high school sports? Yeah, we can. I should. I should have. I meant to. When we got to that, I was gonna look look up. I forget like what town it happened in, but I seen a report about a, a high school football player uh, took a knee during the national anthem and got a uh, got spit on. Got spit by on. a teammate? Not nah, by a by a parent. Okay, yeah, you put that on. Let me see. Bruh. <laughs> Look. I'm catching I, hands. Somebody spit on my kid, I'm catching hands. I don't oh, care. Oh, yeah. I'm going to jail for that. Yeah, and I think that I think that it brings up a different uh, conversation. I mean, we could talk about everything around this, but I think it brings up a different conversation of this is one of the things why, like, when the whole Colin Kaepernick thing first took off and kids were kneeling, like, why I was like, ooh, that could be dangerous. Because are they kneeling because they understand? Or are they kneeling because a very prominent athlete did it? You know what I mean? And This is in Detroit. And it's like, nobody should ever be getting spat on. Nobody should ever be getting spat on. It should not happen. That is one of the most disrespectful things you could do to somebody. It's none lower. It's you, none lower. You, you know what I'm Other saying? Than like, like peeing on them or doodling on them. You're that, not going to get that off. Yeah, it's all easy. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's, and that's just like, it should never happen. But that was part of my skepticism around like athletes. You know what I'm saying? Like young, high school age and younger athletes. You know what I'm saying? College athletes, I think they, they, know, they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? They, they understood the risk of this. High school kids don't always think about the risk involved with anything they're doing. They're like, I'm kneeling. Like, why is it a big deal? Well, because people are going to feel away. And no, they shouldn't have did that. But do you even understand why you're kneeling? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that. that's that's my whole thing. Like, again, I'm a coach. And when that whole thing was going on, there was a, me and a bunch of other coaches on Facebook were talking about, like, are you going to stay seated? Are you not going to come out for the anthem? Are you going to put your hand over your heart? Are you going to look to the flag? You know what I mean? And me and this other coach um, that actually um, coaches here in San Diego, coaches in La Jolla, um, me and him were saying, like, to be honest, the the whole ceremony, the national anthem at a game has already been tarnished at the high school level. There's people walking from concession stands at that time. There's bands coming into the gym at that time. You know what I'm saying? It was like me as a coach, I'm not even thinking about the flag and everything it's supposed to represent. I'm thinking about game plan and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if if they wanted to make sure that this was a sacred ceremony, they would stop everything. The people in the concession stand would have to come out. Everybody in the in the lobby would have to come out. Face the flag and they would do it. You know, that's what I'm one thing that I pointed out when the whole thing first started. I was like, the anthem, the athletes don't even respect it as it, like, use it as a time to respect the the flag. Yeah, it's not a it's not a song. moment of reflection. Players yeah. use that time to get dialed into the game and what they got to what they got to get into coming up. Mm. You can ask any player anywhere, except, oh, yeah. except except the people like David Robinson who like served. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like people like that, yeah. they take the, the anthem and all of that real serious. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, athlete, they think, I, I know that's what I was always doing. Yeah. I'm going over scenarios. Even as a player, I'm just over there. I got my head down, my hands behind my back. I'm just anxious. I just want to get this over with. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying a, to get on the coach, court and as go. As a coach, it was the same thing. It's like, yeah. all right, we win this tip. We're going straight into this. But, no, but hell no, that should never happen. Like you said, like somebody spit on me. Look, my mom and dad wouldn't have had time to get to them. Because I would have been on top of whatever adult that was that just spit on me. 
going to have to be a real small kid and you're going to have to be a real big man for me to not homie. Or even if you are, as soon as you turn your back, I'm coming for them knees, bro. I'm not playing on. with you. Especially with I'm, I'm not playing on. with you. I'm taking this helmet off, bro. It's on. Me. I'm buckling up. Oh, that's how it's going to be a weapon. Not me. I'm buckling up and I'm going for whoever just spit on me. You're not going to be able to hurt me at all. I'm saying, I was never, I've never been afraid of anybody as a small dude anyway. With all my pads on, this was some, uh, I forget the, our offensive lineman coach. He was one of our coolest coaches in high school. Uh, Thompson? Nah, that was a little dude. Nah, you. <sighs> So no, so cool. Nah, I don't mess with that dude. Anyway, yeah. but he would always be telling me, he's like, Peterson. Peterson. He'd be like, Ron, why are you always barking on the biggest dudes on the field? I'd be like, but I got all what he gonna do. He <laughs> gonna body slam me and then sit on me. That's the only way he's gonna hurt me. He's not finna get a hand on me to body slam me. I got yeah. all these pads on. I ain't gonna hurt me. Yeah, I feel it. You know what I'm saying? So feel, like, nah, somebody that should, on but me. that should never happen. <laughs> like, and it's just like, where was this fan in proximity to the game? You you know what I'm saying? It's like it's a video. Even even in that situation, like the fans shouldn't even be getting to that level of where the players are. You know what I'm saying? Like this ain't basketball. The fans is right next to you in football. They a little ways away. Like what in the world? This is after the shit went down. That's why I'm like, what? How does that even work? You good? It's like, how does that even work, bro? I didn't even see it, but yeah, we gotta. I'm going to jail for that. Yeah, I'm going to jail. Yeah, for there that, ain't no so. situation where I'm taking getting spat on, let alone I'm I'm I <laughs> I got on body armor <laughs> at a football game. I'm not. I'm definitely not playing with your ass now. I but, say, and I, I say, as a parent, the only good reason to go to jail is over your kids. Mm-hmm. Like and protecting the, your kids. And then, if somebody spit on my kids, I'm going to jail, man. And just with something like that, there's a lot of levels of this that like that need to be examined. That particular school. How are the how are the fans that close to the athletes, that close to game time? Mm-hmm. Um security. If they're not supposed to be there, how the hell did they get there? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of things that gotta be examined. When stuff like that happens, like Shannon Sharp was talking about this. Um he said the NFL might have to examine how they get players in and out of the stadium and how close they put fans to them. Fans throwing shit on players, pouring beers on them and shit. That should never happen. I make millions. Well, not everybody, but you know what I'm saying? I make millions. People are going to find a way to be hateful and to do what they Yeah, want. but it shouldn't be as easy as we got them sitting right the hell there. What else are you going to do? That's part of the experience of going to the game live. Put a dome over that part of the put that put a dome over that part of the tongue. I'm saying, and fans like, yeah, that's part of the experience. But just because you paid on me, you can do whatever you want. Okay, Absolutely. you got you guys can't handle it. Cool. Now we put a deterrent in. You gotta handle that case by case, though. I don't. I'm not trying to. I'm but not the game, to, the game is over. The fan has done what they did. Like they've seen you. the game. Like I feel you, but I, all I'm saying is, as a fan, and especially being able to sit people courtside and charge all of that money, I'm not. You're not that. I'm not. Hockey only do that because you can get hit by the puck. When you can get that close to the action, no. But I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, and and football, they're already a ways away. So you oh, get them, get them in and out. I, I definitely, you know what I'm saying. That. Like you're getting us in and out, and people can pour. The only time they can even get at me is when I'm coming in and out, motherfucker. I gotta come in and out of here. But I mean, but y'all then, better but control them. Or look at the Dallas Cowboys, how they walk through like a dining room to get to the to get to the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you see all that security there too. But that's what I'm saying. Beef up security. Don't 
like that's part of the fan experience yeah, going no, to the game live. I I feel you. I feel you. I'm just saying something got to be done. If that's a continuous yeah, for sure thing, something has to be done. If that's a continuous not a, thing, not a barricade, and, like and you're never gonna have enough security to take care of how many people, how many tickets you sell. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But the areas that the players have to be in, that's what I'm saying. Like if a basketball game, that's that like that's understandable. Like the fans is right next to them. But even with that, you don't see nobody at no basketball game getting drunk, throwing no beer at LeBron while he running by. You know why? Soon as they hold that beer up, somebody go full Nelson. That somebody grabbing their ass. Yeah, it's armed security all over the state. It's not happening. It's all just not the happening. And they got on bright red uh, blazers, just waiting for something. To yeah, pop they just be looking around and, the whole game. And I heard something that those security, if they're even caught looking at, if they're too into the game, they fired. Mm-hmm. Like they under evaluation, like the refs is. Mm-hmm. They watching tape on them. It's like, how does that happen at a football game where y'all all this far away? You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, dude. Like, we got stadiums where dudes is jumping into the stands and celebrations and shit ain't happening to them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, bro. And that's what I'm saying. That's all part of like, bro. I, you know how hype you'll be if you grew up your whole life a, 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 a Green Bay Packers fan and you finally just go sit behind the goalpost and it's like, oh, a Lambo leap. Oh, they can't even do the Lambo leap no more because they got plexiglass right here. I'm not saying put it on every stadium. I'm saying that stadium. If this is what y'all doing I feel it. to the opposing team, well, guess what? We can't have it no more. Because you know what's going to happen? The owners of other teams are going to be like, hey, man, I pay my guys a lot of money, bro. You're We're not like, going in there and be a coward trailer. if you're doing that, though. Yeah. Like a kid, especially a grown-up spitting on a kid, you for sure, for sure a coward. Like, go find his parent if you're that upset and go give the parent a piece in your mind. And then if you're doing it to a professional athlete, you wouldn't do that if you saw Kyle one one-on-one walking down the road. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't People do that. be flipping off LeBron and doing all this shit. Like, bro, the last time you walked past a 6'8 person, you was amazed. And this is a 6'8 athlete. And probably scared. You ain't you ain't about that shit. Stop it. Stop it. Yo, most of y'all people like these games, you guys are clowns, bro. I'm going to keep it a bug. Yo, those of you who do that stuff, you guys are clowns, bro. You, y'all won't do none of that. Y'all bark all of that talk with y'all friends at before and after the game. You ain't walking up to nobody. Nobody of professional athlete stature and talking that shit. You're going to ask for an autograph. So shut your mouth. Speaking of professional athletes, I had a thought, man. And I was talking to Keisha about it. I can make a, a legitimate argument that LeBron is one of the greatest, greatest Americans of our generation. Mm. I can of make our a, generation. I can that make a legit it. argument. Like that, when, you, when you talk about like all the money he's raised like for Cleveland. What's the time span you putting? What's, what's the... What's the... I mean, just I guess because there's been I mean, few third. because there's been few there's been few definitely in his realm athletes that have even stepped as far as he has, like, and that's what I'm saying. Americans, like, yeah. I guess I guess because granted, a lot of people can't do what he's done because he's so rich. But I mean, he's done a lot with his riches, like philanthropy yeah. and like giving back and like all the yeah. foundations. This nigga opened the school. This nigga be giving away bikes every summer. And, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that. He he done, he won gold medals for the country. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he legit saved a town. <laughs> like, yeah. he's one of the greatest Americans. He boosted the economy for Cleveland twice. And when I was thinking <laughs> about all that, I was like, "Yo, he should he should like play Captain America or like a superhero in a movie or something." Like, think hey, how LeBron would look in a Hancock outfit. <laughs> you know what I'm nah, saying? I'm cool. Nah, nah, he, LeBron, like, bro, he already got all the muscles and everything. This nigga, I'm not rolling. <laughs> This nigga Steph is wild. I'm not wrong. I think LeBron would be dope as a superhero. I don't know how good. No, they said he was good in that one. That he one was good because he, he had to be funny. Yeah, he smile. was a support. He probably yeah, and I don't. Nah, and I'm just. Anything Michael I'm just saying, like, he gotta be better than MJ. 
He got better than MJ at everything. So <laughs> I'm just I just mean to to build a story around him being like, I don't want to see LeBron being one of these old superheroes. Like, it's cool. If he want to do his own thing, like, I'm not even fully down with the whole Space Jam thing. Like, I'm just like, it's just nasty. In a it's movie, just, LeBron not going to look old. You, no, I'm not saying just look old. I'm saying, like, just why you just do your own thing, biting off the MJ shit. That's kind of whack. Like, now you're going to play Superman. Like, that's kind of whack. Like, just break your own shit. If you want to be a superhero... Be be Captain be Captain Cleveland, dog. Just do whatever you want to do, man. Just make it new. Do it your way. Don't be wearing no nah. tights. Wear some LeBrons and, man, and some they swag. Come, they, offer, they come at anybody about a lead role in a movie. You know how many M's is attached to that? You doing that for sure, for sure. I'm Nobody just saying, I think I, I won't be, be getting paid off of it. I'm going to think it's corny. I'm like, you, bro, you could do all this. You got the shop because you didn't want to do nobody else's shit. Go do your own shit, man. Those pumas is harder. <laughs> Swag. <laughs> um, no, nah, I feel you. No, nah, but definitely, but definitely, all that LeBron's done, um, all that he means to the culture, just, just in so much like what he's done for athletes of his time, he's pushed the envelope for what an athlete is is and what an athlete is looked at in mainstream and mainstream media. And what an athlete is worth. Oh yeah, for sure. He's he's helped like nobody in the NBA. None of those players are going to talk shit on him because they know how much he means. They know how much he means. You know what I'm saying? This dude, of course, there's a couple people that don't like him and all of that other stuff. They think he Hollywood and all that. And to keep it a buck, he is. He is. You know what I'm saying? But even with all of that, the overall sense of his teammates love him. He's there for everybody. He want to see everybody win. He not. You know what I'm saying? He ain't just worried about self. He's worried about his impact. After basketball, and I think that's something to commend about him, because there's a lot of athletes that they worried about their career and they ain't really concerned about too much too much other stuff. LeBron, like you said, he's open to school. He's he's always doing something. And that's the stuff we see. You know what I'm saying? He seems to be a great father. Like he's really made. He's never been in no legal trouble. Like no trouble ever really. Like the worst thing that he's ever done was the decision. At least mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's a shitty father, if he's a shitty husband, we don't know that. You know what I'm I saying? I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. But I'm saying, even if he is, we don't see it. It wasn't even social media era, and we know what Jordan was doing behind the scenes. We know that. We know how Chuck, how Charles Barkley was giving it up behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? LeBron don't got that. So I'm. I, you ain't got no argument for me. Definitely. Of his generation, most definitely. Most definitely. Like... I, I, to be honest, I don't even think there's, I, there's nobody that could dispute that. If, if, if there Especially is. Especially when it comes to athletes. Yeah, if, if it is, like, because you said Americans. Mm-hmm. If you say, it would take somebody with more, like, with more knowledge than me to dispute that. Because I can't think of nobody right right off the top. Mm-hmm. Americans. I mean, I could think of people, but there are people in politics that, that make decisions on this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, he ain't right. a greater American than Barack Obama. You know what I'm saying? Or you know what I mean? Or whatever, but. Barack ain't open no school. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm disrespect Barack. <laughs> oh, man. What you want to talk about next, man? You got the list. Um, um, oh, Potter's Pod, baby. Potter's Pod. Um, Joe Bunny Podcast, number one podcast on Spotify. Dope. Um, he leads su- the way for everybody. Yeah, super dope, man. Like they say they, they're leading the way for everybody. Yeah. Um, I think that that's... I think that that's super dope. I think that's super dope. Um, and and like for me, it just shows like 
I was on Joe Budden podcast late. It wasn't like I was there from the beginning. You know what I mean? But even from the point that I started a couple years ago to where I'm at now, watching it, like you could see their growth and development, and they openly talk about all that stuff, mm-hmm. which I think it helps people like us. You know what I'm saying? That are podcasters and all this other stuff to like just to know that they were doing that shit for five years the way we're doing it right now is like okay. This shit takes time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's levels that you got to get. There's steps that you got to take. Um, and for them to go through all of that and and now be number one on their platform, that's fire, bro. That's fire. Like, that's an inspiration of people that's podcast. You know what I'm saying? For sure. I got to give them his flowers mainly because I draw a lot of inspiration from Joe Button. I'm sure a lot of people can see that just on the, the content that I produce. But I draw a lot of inspiration from Joe Button. Like, I mean... He he's got out here a, doing it. He got a podcast. I got a podcast. He got an interview show. I have an interview show. Of course, he's doing it on a much higher level. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, stuff like that. But I draw I draw a lot of inspiration from him. I, uh, he doesn't, you know, he's, I'm a cameraman too. You know what I'm saying? I, I work in front of and behind the camera. He works behind the scenes, like as a producer and like as an executive and stuff like that. But I mean, like I, I hold the camera and I shoot things. And so like, that's kind of like, I don't want to say we're different, but I mean, just, I'm just saying all that to say, I a lot of the things I've done, I had ideas on ways I like wanted to do it, and then I saw what he was doing, and I was like, okay, I should do it that way too. Yeah. So like I, you know, like I said, I've, I've drawn a lot, a lot of uh, inspiration from from Joe Budden, and a lot of things he's done in media over the recent years. Um, I try my best not to listen to his podcast before we record, at mm-hmm. least not the, the most recent one. Like yeah. if we, like uh, if we're recording like today, like we're recording. On a Tuesday, I haven't listened to the Saturday podcast yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to listen to it. Like I'll probably listen to it on the way home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, that's, I try to do that. And ma- mainly because like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say things that they've said. See, and I don't want to, and I don't want to like talk about all the stuff that they've talked yeah, about. Yeah, no, no. And no, I don't no. want to like have, because I, I agree with a lot of the stuff that he says. Mm. And a lot of the stuff that a lot of stuff that all of them say, yeah. but I not and I don't want to come in here and see with like those it's same like, takes like and I'm all that. Yeah. What they say. For me, like I try to do the same thing, but um, for a different reason. I just don't. I want I want my opinions and like kind of like you said, it's like my good. like my takes to be um, untainted. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I listen to a lot of I listen to some of what they say. And because they're a lot closer to like, I'm big on music too. Like probably as big as any of my friends that I know, you mm-hmm. know, you know, you know what I mean? And I'm not into everybody, what they listen to musically and all that. But, um, I'm, I'm pretty, I listen to a lot of music. I listen to a lot of music and they talk about a lot of music. So I try to get like topics surrounding some of that stuff from them. You know what I mean? And at the same time, not have like my feelings like, um, um, what artist was it? Um, I forgot what artist it was, but this was like a year or two ago. They put me onto an artist who, like, I'm still to this day like big on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I forgot it wasn't Sir because I was already listening to Sir. Um, you was listening to Snow Allegra a lot. Oh, Joe Budden definitely put me on Snow Allegra. Definitely put me on Snow Allegra. Um, uh, Joe Budden and Dion. Dion. Um. Because who had the album that uh uh those feels again or whatever it's called? That's no. Okay, yeah, I was about to say. I know he he was like I mean you was you was slapping that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and that that was this year. That was really yeah, this year. Yeah, but um, yeah, like real dope for them, man. Like yeah, and I've been I've been Potter's Pod, baby. 
I've been listening to to the Joe Budden podcast since the early days, since uh since uh, Marissa Mendez was on there. See, I I don't know I, first, I don't know a day with her on it since I've been watching Maul's been there. One of my one of the earliest episodes that I can remember, Joe and Marissa were arguing about um Sierra bringing a future son around Russell Wilson and they had only been dating for a few months. Like that's mm. one of the okay, early, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying, one of the early topics I remember them having yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, and they were, Sierra and Russ was what, like three, four years in their, like three years in their marriage now, right? Something like that. Yeah, so yeah, you've been on it for a while. Well, not like, I, I, I probably missed like the first, I don't know how many the first, but I definitely started listening in that first year. Yeah. Before he was was doing complex before he was you know state of the culture before he even had his show to pull up before mm-hmm. any of that I was I was on the podcast early and it's funny because I have been wanting to do a podcast since I seen the Brilliant Idiots podcast with Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz and it's funny that uh, Joe Budden's podcast was essentially what I wanted to do on my podcast you guys I mean I'm sure you know you guys any of the homies I've been saying for the longest time like bro. Why don't we just get together like we always do and just set up a camera and have topics that we talk about and do a podcast? Niggas didn't want to mess with me. And I finally had to, like I said, I mean, I've been mean, told that story a few times, but I just thought it was funny when, especially after really when Maul joined the show, yeah. is when I was like, see, that's what I've been trying to do for years. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway. You want to, <laughs> dude, he your mans. You want to talk about your man, Charlemagne? That's your mans. <laughs> No defense. You can't wear sweats around Charlemagne, dog. That's crazy. <laughs> well, we got to explain. So, so uh, Serge Ibaka that plays for the uh, Toronto Raptors has a cooking show. And NBA champion Serge Ibaka. Get it NBA right. NBA champion Serge Ibaka uh, has a cooking show, and he has Charlemagne on the show. And I didn't even know about this, but I guess there was some picture floating around on Al Gore's internet of a... Uh, uh, Serge Ibaka in some gray sweatpants, and I'm gonna just leave it at that. Yeah. And so Charlemagne, <laughs> Charlemagne decided to ask Serge. Yeah, this is where we need to draw. So we need that Westbrook draw. If that we exactly. <laughs> and I've been what? Saying, I keep talking about the mixer, and I keep what every time I'm like, I got a week, hey, I'll, get, bro. I'll get around to it, but I need to finally do it. <laughs> I'm out, man. Y'all niggas tripping. That's what Serge should have said. <laughs> But sorry, Charlemagne asked him, if that, him if that was all him in the picture, below the waist. I don't care who wanted you to ask that question. As a man, you got to tell them, like, nah, I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. I can't do that. Well, this is the crazy thing, Um, says the Joe Budden podcast. She was there. You could just have her come out and ask the question. That would be funny. But you asking... So, okay, so here's what he asked him. He said, there was a picture of you in some gray sweats. The ladies want to know, was that all you? Like, let's say Charlemagne was, uh, let's say Serge Ibaka, that wasn't on him. Why would he tell you? And why are you the one asking this question? Like, come on, dog. That's Check this nasty. Out. I really, enjoy, I really, I, I love being behind the camera. Don't get that twisted. I have a lot of fun shooting things. That's uncomfortable, things. bro. But I also enjoy being in front of the camera. And my show, uh, link up with Michael Flicks. Y'all could uh, check, check out my YouTube channel for all three episodes that I have up so far. Uh, I want that show to grow, and I want to interview more people. I really want to interview Mitchy Slick. He's from San Diego. I want to interview Norman Powell. He's from San Diego, and you know, I, I put them things on a goals list, and I'm a for sure. I'm a do both of those. 
I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a hit them gold. You can trust and believe. No matter what goes on with them in their life, what pictures or videos hit the internet, that's never nothing that I would ever ask mm. anybody. Ever in my life. Bro. I wouldn't, even so- ask, I wouldn't even ask a woman that. I wouldn't even ask a woman if those are are those your real breasts? Is that your real butt? I would. I promise you, I wouldn't. No matter who wants to know, bro. The the most I might take that is, have you had anything done? Or okay, and I'd leave it at that. Okay, this with the whole is that your breast? Is that your butt thing? Like this is crazy. There's just a million ways that Charlamagne could have played this that all come across better. Like if let's say there's a situation where you had to get that question up. You could have been like, look, we was taking fan questions. I got a card right here. And, hey, read that, sir. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's information that's like for me. And granted, Charlamagne, he's kind of, not he's gone away from gone away from it over the past few years. Like, he's married. He got kids. He's an author. He's gone away from a lot of that flagrant stuff that he's, that he was mm-hmm. known for. You know what I'm saying? But, no, bro. You just can't do that. Yeah. You just Agreed. can't do that. Agreed. That's fact. I had something else I was about to say. I kind of lost my train of thought. That's why I paused right there. But it's just like, what? Like, I don't. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Charlamagne, you're nasty. That's what I was gonna say. He's gonna be I, on the Rony Awards for for nasty for yeah, nasty. He's, gonna, he's definitely year. gonna get a nominee. He might even win that award. <laughs> um, that's what I was gonna say. No matter who wants to know that information, I don't ever want to conduct an interview. Really, not really. I don't. I would never want to conduct an interview where that's. Something that everybody wants to know. I don't want anybody to ever tune into an interview of mine or or an episode of Lincoln like, oh, this is where I could get or, that. Or we have somebody on the podcast and like, hey, we know if Mike finna ask this nigga some wild stuff. I don't, mm-hmm. nah, never, never. And don't get it twisted. It's really worked out for him. That nigga's a millionaire. Yeah, he's it's worked out for him. But yeah. I don't, I would not. Nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah. And it, I, just for me, it's like, what do you, what do you expect? Surge, how do you think he's gonna play off of that? That's my thing. Like you can ask whatever you want. Some people they into that like let's get the shock value stuff, and they want to do they want to do that to get their viewership up or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying to get clicks or whatever. But I gotta sit in front of this man for the rest of this interview or the rest of this little show or whatever we're doing at the time. I still have to be in front of him, and after that he has to walk away feeling some kind of way about me. Or that's at least what happens in most human interactions. You have an interaction, you walk away, you have feelings about that person. Not romantically, but you feel a way about they're a good dude or a bad chick, whatever it is. Now he's going to walk away and be like, yo, this dude Charlamagne to do whatever, bro. Serge Ibaka was at work. <laughs> That's a fact. Do you imagine being asked a question like that at work? <laughs> he was at his part-time job. That nigga was at work. <laughs> I feel you. He was getting paid to do that, I promise you. I feel you. That nigga was at work. On a platform he created. I get like, bro, get an ask about my get an ask about his meat. Kitchen, nigga. Get an ask about his yeah. Speaking get of out of here. Speaking of work, are you? Would you be cool with Bird having a work husband? Um, as long as homeboys met me, and you'd be cool with her calling him her work husband. Yeah, I'd be wow. cool with it. Like I don't I don't think nothing of the term work wife work husband. Like, nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I say because as long as homeboy has met me, because, like, it's one thing to know somebody's married or has a significant other. It's another thing when they've brought them around work, when they've been around the people that they work with. You know what I'm saying? Like, introduced to these people. It's different when you got to see them in the flesh. It's like, it get real for you. 
It's like most dudes, let's just like that was like chick will be like, oh, I have a boyfriend. He's like, so what? He see you in that same spot with your boyfriend, even if he see you again without them, he be like, okay, she be having her man around. So her. let me ask you. You know what I'm saying? So too. you would have a work wife then? I mean, I think I kind of do. My assistant coach is a, a female, and we have to work pretty closely as coaches. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we get into arguments about player rotations and stuff like that, and we got to tend to these girls' needs and stuff during the like, season. And, like, like, a typical, like, nine to five. It's like, different in an office situation. Office it's set. different. Both of y'all got a job to do. How the hell is this your work wife? Come. Company, you know what I'm saying? Company parties. Your, yeah. your wife yeah. is always fixing her work husband a plate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> see. Stuff like and I, that. And see, and I just I just look at it in the terms of like, this is the person that I work most closely with at work. Like, I'm not like like me and Margo ain't going out nowhere and I'm like, oh, let me get you a plate. Like we have a holiday party coming up for the program. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be like, oh hey, Margo. You want me to get your plate. I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, to me, it might be an issue there if they take in the work wife, work husband situation that damn far. I'm like, yo, okay, how close are you motherfuckers, bro? Like, relax. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I wouldn't even call dude Bird's um, work husband or nothing like that. But homeboy definitely has some kind of feelings about my chick when they was working together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To the point to where I was like, hey, tell homeboy when he met me, I was being a nice guy shaking everybody's hand. If I, if I, look, he asking you out on dates, talking about can we go out sometime, I'm, I'll have to come up there and slap him up. He's going to see a different side of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she wouldn't even call him, like, he just had a thing for her. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. I'm like, I, I'm not tripping off the work, work wife, work husband situation. I just think it's, I think in most situations, it just pretty much is like, this is my best friend at work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is my favorite person at work. Like, oh, all the dudes are dicks at work, and he's kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Kind of thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not stressing that. I'm not stressing that. Well, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel like I should be cool with it. Okay, let me put it like this: You pick up Keish today, and she go like. Oh, me and my work husband working on this project. What you gonna say? You gonna stop her right there, or you gonna let her get the rest of her sentence? You be like, "What you mean, work husband?" I'm gonna stop her right there. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So I would say you probably the same not way cool. she would do me. I feel you. <laughs> Your work wife. Who, who, who is that? <laughs> yeah, because you ain't never heard of this person before. No, the, but even if I had, like, nah, just the reference of them as that. No, I feel you. I'm cool. I'm cool with all that. Because I feel like... I feel like that could easily go too far. Uh-huh. I feel like that could easily turn into... Well, I mean, we have, that only happens while we're at work. Like, when we outside of work, and I, I know of, heard of, and actually seen of people that do that. They y'all all flirty. They all kid, like literally kissy-kissy and all like that at work. And then the dude think it's like the outside of work, and she's whoa, we not, we not at work. Like, chill. I'm actually married, like happily. We only. That's, oh, see, I'm not thinking the I, work, the work it, husband it shit got nothing that. to do with it no. Turns, we hugging that. up and no type of. <laughs> nah, homeboy. <laughs> nah, homeboy. Nah, shorty, you ain't got no work husband. 
I feel like most <laughs> work husbands they end up lingering too long. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, what much. you mean? But like, okay, so you say you see situations where a married woman or a woman in a relationship is like, "This is my work husband," and they pretty much together at work. I'm saying it could turn into that. Is all okay? That's all okay. Nah, yeah. See, I just I don't know. I me my situation. I'm not tripping off of it because I know my woman. But um, I do see how that could I do see how that could get a little messy. Um, most people aren't as um, yeah yeah. Most people aren't as um committed, I guess, to their vows. Yeah. <laughs> people get mixed up. Temptations are a thing for people. You know, like you see, like. I'm saying, like, I feel like I wouldn't be tripping about quiche, but it ain't about quiche. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel what you're saying. For me, anyway. But, uh, I think we done got to everything, man. Ew. I was about to say, I was about to ask if that makes me insecure. And one of the questions on here is, uh, what do you have insecurities about? But due to, due to circumstances, we could talk about that next podcast. And we're going to talk about a taboo. Seriousness, but with with the holidays yeah, I, yeah. I want to. I want, to, I want to do it like a friends thing, where like everybody bring like a little five ten dollar gift, wrap it mm-hmm. up. We do like a gift exchange, play white elephant or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to play a big ass game of taboo. And we gonna like have like two captains and like have a draft. Oh my god, that's gonna get ugly. I'm telling you that right now. Whatever, get your game up, and next time you will get drafted higher. I'm, I'm just telling you how it's going to go. <laughs> I don't care. I'll be a captain. I'm not it's tripping like about being other, a captain. You're not tripping because you're going to get picked at the top of the draft whether you're a captain or not, nigga. There's going to be people in our group that we all know ain't good. And I'm glad you said that. And I was about to say, and I was just about to say, when we were picking up teams as kids and the captain stood on the, on the curb and everybody else stood in the street and you picked your teams. If you whatever, I feel you. I've been a nigga that wasn't one of the first ones to get picked I up. Feel you. Whether it's because I was too short, too slow, couldn't dribble, or couldn't shoot, I've been that nigga before. But that's you. Get your game up. <laughs> but that's you. Get your game up, and you get picked up. You get picked you. up higher next time. Because I don't want nobody on my team that ain't got at least five. Or don't be taking round. too many shots while we playing. Every time Stay you focused. up, we need five. That's how I'm building my team. Straight like that. You can't. You can't be having no rounds when you get one or two. Because I'm gonna have like. Look, we got to go. <laughs> because I'm going to have like seven. So, carry your weight, dog. I was about to say. I got I've plus had two every time. One of you niggas can I want to do all that because I'd be like, I'm good for six every round. I'd be saying that all the time. And I mess around and only get like three or four and be looking at it, sitting there feeling hella crunchy. Well, my average. I'm, usually, I'm, yeah, I'm saying my average is usually like, I'll say 5.5. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> it might even be 6.5. We might have to record that. <laughs> That's what I plan to do. That's what I plan to do. It's going down. Actually, as soon as we get done recording, I'm going to make a group. I'm gonna, not, not a group chat. People hate when you make a group chat these days. I'm going to copy and paste the message and send it out to everyone. You take me in that group chat? I feel it. Cause mom got me in that church group chat and I hate it. Brother. Brother. I hate it. I asked her to take me out. That's how I'm saying. I love everybody in the church, but I hate that group, that church group chat. Somebody say something. Now I got my phone buzzing off with everybody saying, Amen. Yes, Lord. We with you. Come on, doggy. And by the time you we get know. to you at the bottom and all, you're talking about, yes, he'll make a way. And you don't even know what you need him to make a way for. Yeah. yeah make me a way about this group message. That's what I need. <laughs> That's what I, I need. I need to tell mom to do me the courtesy. Like, hey, you know, I love you. I, I love you and all the saints. But I need a bow. Yeah. need a bow. And we got time. Go ahead and put some music. I'm going to get us up out of here, man. I heard you turn the Bluetooth on. What you go play?
Now Tory Lanez, boy. That's my second favorite off the, off the chicks tape. We should probably start like in the bios for the um for the episode. It's just with the music we start with, the song that we start with, and then we end with. We do that. It was some work going through, uh, like getting the timestamps. But then on this most recent one, that was work. That was work. Cause I was already done. I was like, man, I'm gonna put the timestamps. <laughs> no, yeah, we'd have to do that shit at, during live. So it, it, was, it wasn't too hard. I could keep doing it. It was just like an extra thing to do. It wasn't too hard to keep doing it. You gotta stop with what you say. Family Room Podcast, episode 30. We finally made it about the 20s. Yee! Thank y'all for rocking with us. I'm Mike Rome. Step on Rome. We'll be back next week. Holla.